Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Married at the Movies, the podcast where a married couple discuss their often very different opinions on movies. I'm Sean. And I'm Monica. And in this episode, we're continuing our look at Tom Hanks' career with our first full week of Hanksgiving. We're going to discuss what we watched this week, and then we're going to do our very own power hankings. Power hankings. That's right, folks. If you don't like puns, this might not be the podcast for you. (laughs) Hey, guys, just wanted to jump in here and let you guys know that as we discuss these films, they are pretty old for the most part, so we really don't care about spoilers. Uh, If you do, uh, sorry. I will try to put a timestamp in the info on SoundCloud and uh, let you know when to avoid things. But some of these movies, if you haven't seen them, that's on you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Rosebud's the sled. <laughs> First up this week, Monica, we had Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. And yeah. Yes. Let's talk about the moment this movie ended. Ended, and I believe I said, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it, that is what she said. That is, yes. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, I... It's weird. I never saw this movie before, and I I always thought it was like this crazy like love story, like this excellent oh I can't wait till they get together type thing where they're separated by a you know yeah which they show you on a map that is (laughs) keeps coming back up. (laughs) What who who put together this map and why (laughs) is it? It's like slightly topographical. But then nothing... In case I don't know how far away Seattle is from New York, and you have to show it to me. (laughs) Show it to you like seven times throughout the movie, and the movie is not that long. Yeah, but anyway, I thought they were (laughs) like, you know, like you were rooting for them the whole time. And I come to find out that essentially she's a huge stalker. Big time. And they don't even know each other. So like when they do get together... They don't even show any of the relationship, really. No. And it's not even cathartic because you're not, you don't, I I don't necessarily want them to because I have no idea if they're going to be good for each other or have any chemistry. Tom Hanks has no reason to be in love with her other than that one letter where she liked the same baseball player as him or something like that. Like, it's more his son wants them to give it a try, be together, but they make it like it's this instant love connection and there's really no interaction with him i i'm with you i thought i thought there was a like bigger exchange back and forth but maybe i was just confusing it with you've got mail but i thought there were some letters or like multiple meetings i didn't know that the empire state building was their first encounter yeah well i thought it was like she shows up and he sees her at the beach or in the parking lot or when she almost gets hit by the car oh he like sees her and he's like oh which, well, and then, then when she goes and stalks him and she's in the middle of the street. Yeah, like that's said, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, guys, can you answer a question for me and just shoot us a, a message on at Married Movies Podcast on Instagram or MarriedMoviesPodcast at gmail.com and tell me, why was Meg Ryan a thing? <laughs> can you tell me that? Can I... I don't understand it. Like, she's, she's good enough, you know? Like, she's fine. She's a serviceable actress. And she can be funny at times. But based on this, I don't understand. Well, she plays the same exact role. I always say in a Meg Ryan movie, there's always one scene where she has the same reaction. When something doesn't go the way she wants it to, and she goes, Oh, man! Oh, come on! 
on. In every movie, she has some sort of reaction <laughs> to that. I promise. You'll, you'll see it when we watch You've Got Mail. It's, and the same French kiss, all those chick flicks. She just plays the same role, but she's good at it. Yeah. I mean, she's not bad. I, mm-hmm. I don't mean to, like, you know, crap on her or anything like that. But I just don't, I don't understand the appeal. So, I think she's just good at her role and, and being in a chick flick. Yeah. I guess so. It's but the ultimate thing. Is this even a chick flick? Because that, that gives a bad name to yeah. chicks. <laughs> you know, I think this is like the Mandela effect in a way that it's so much in pop culture of like always, oh, it's such a, it's such a love story that I think I sort of formed in my head that it was this great love story. Then we watched it and I was like, okay. Like if they hadn't gotten together at the end, I wouldn't really have cared. Part of me thinks like, Maybe they shouldn't have gotten together because she's a creepy stalker. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a very odd movie, and it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Um, no, there what, are, was the, what was your ranking for for that one? My rating? Yeah, rating. For Sleepless, uh, 4.5. And I, I was a little more generous and gave it a 5. Yeah. We, uh, we decided just before... The emails start rolling in. <laughs> uh, we decided we were going to allow 0.5s uh, in our scale from, you know, zero. I don't think anything's going to be a zero, but it's possible. Zero to ten. Um, just to kind of, we are going to do, as I mentioned, the power hankings. And uh, to kind of hopefully alleviate ties, we're adding 0.5 ratings. So, you know, at me or whatever the kids <laughs> say. I don't, whatever. It, it's our list. Have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so full, full disclosure, we changed our rankings to from for Forrest Gump. Yeah. From our last one. You, yes. You gave it a 6.5 and I gave it an 8.5. Yeah. So I, I took away half a point and I think you added. I did. I half added a point. Half a point. So net neutral. Nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing changed. None of this mattered. But yeah. Anyway. So you know. <laughs> yeah. So our next movie on the list was Captain Phillips. Uh, I was excited for this. You weren't. I was not excited. I didn't think... I think it's one of those movies when I saw the trailer and I thought, like, oh, that's everything that happens. You know, oh, he comes on the ship. Oh, I'm the captain now. And then everything he saved in the end. And I knew the true story. So I wasn't... Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I knew it was going to happen. So I was like, meh, it'll be okay. But I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, uh, it was it was much more suspenseful than I thought it was, even though I knew that he was going to make it to safety. Um, that I yeah, it was much better than I thought it was. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, probably a pretty oh. big, uh, you know, through line throughout this podcast is going to be that I don't know real life <laughs> stories that well. And my wife is much more well-read than I am. <laughs> so I had no idea. So I was actually, you know, on the edge of my seat. I thought this movie was great. I, I loved it. It, uh, it sets the scene really quickly. It teaches you kind of, you know, what's going on with the drills and the emails. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cutting to the, the pirates and back to the ship. And then just, it just keeps going. Like, mm-hmm. it starts and it ramps up and gets, you know, more and more tense. And, I, yeah, I thought it was excellent. I, I really, there's not a whole lot to say about this movie because it's just, it's just good. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you, you know, can stand that type of, of tenseness and that suspense, go check it out. Yeah. I, the only thing the movie left me with was questions about procedures for doing that. Like, 
okay, they know that there's pirates that are going to steal these things, yeah. but people still willingly go. I mean, I get people need supplies and all those things, but don't we have airplanes? Like, why do we have to use boats? And also, they don't have any guns. Like, the only weapon that they had against them was, like, turning the boat really fast. Well, and the or, fire hoses. Oh, the hoses, yes. Yeah. Uh, that was surprising. I mean, give those people some guns to, like, or some, a taser. Something to protect themselves. They got lasers, tasers, <laughs> yeah, all kinds know. of asers. Something that it was, I was just really surprised, especially since they knew pirates were a concern. Yeah. That they weren't, they're just like, oh, here's a drill to try to avoid them. Like, I mean, I'm not one for guns and violence, but like, I feel like that's a pretty clear example of when maybe you should have some weapons <laughs> to, to protect yourself. I thought it was great. Um, I gave it a nine. Uh, I give it a... 8.5. Yeah, so we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Same ballpark. And Tom Hanks is, you know, I have similarities to, you haven't seen um, Castaway yet, kind of similar to that survival sort of mode um, that he's in and, like, force, you know, like, I'm the captain of this ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really cool how he did all of those things to, like, sort of trick them. Yeah, and- he's he's really good at playing a... A competent authority figure. Yes. I think. Um, Without coming across as a jerk. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. From an authority figure to a figure with zero authority because he's 13. <laughs> next up on our list was Big. Yes. Yeah. So this movie, uh, it's interesting now when it, you watch it. It I, does not hold up at all. Well, the comedy is still, you know, in the beginning. Yes. Holds up. Like, it's still fun. Super fun. And then it gets super uncomfortable when you consider the ramifications of a 13-year-old in an adult body and romance. And it's just weird and just kind of makes you not enjoy the entire back third of the movie. Yeah, it's really cringy. Like, she falls in, basically falls in love with him. And it's just weird. And them, like, kissing and... It's very, very disturbing. Um, it might be even more cringeworthy for me because I'm a teacher. I teach teenagers. So I'm looking at this like with extra disgust and disdain for what is happening. Uh, I couldn't really separate. Like, it wasn't funny enough to separate that looming, he's actually 13 years old inside of there. Uh, it, I needed more, more funny. And it wasn't, it wasn't enough to distract me from it. Yeah, it does kind of, it shifts tones pretty much halfway through the film, I would Mm -hmm. say, where it kind of drops a lot of the comedy aspect, and it does a lot of heavy lifting in a single montage where he, like, changes his entire perspective, Mm -hmm. where, like, this is great being a kid, but being, you know, a working man and, like, having all these things, and then for some reason that they don't really clearly uh illustrate for you he changes his mind and wants to go back and then actually cares about the things that he used to care yeah, about. yeah he's like, like oh i uh, being an adult isn't fun but he has like a really well paid paid job he's got this cool apartment he's got a girlfriend yeah and he gets to make toys for a little yeah like, i don't know what was supposed to be like oh being an adult is hard they don't show him paying bills or <laughs> dealing with any of those things yeah they show him outside of a school of a class that's taking a school picture and he's just standing there on the street 
for way too long. And that's creepy too exactly. in and of itself. It's like, what's going on here? Like, it, it's okay to like try to show us that someone's internalizing something yeah. and like dealing with a conflict, but you also have to like illuminate that conflict or, or sell it. Like, there yeah. was nothing. I was thinking, like, it's cool. He's got a trampoline in his apartment. He gets to play with toys all day. There was nothing that made it like, oh, man, I miss my family. Oh, and can we talk about that? Why weren't the police looking after him or looking for him? It was like, hey, mom and dad, um, they are going to let me go, I think, in a month. Or they like this talk of they. And apparently his parents are like, oh, there's nothing we can do about. But he's safe with these people. Like, why weren't the police knocking on their doors? Yeah, isn't there some way that they could, you know, trace what post box that came from or, you know, get us some kind of semblance of an idea of where he was or just constantly be posted outside their house? Yeah. Or even just if they made it that he, like, ran away yeah. or something like that. Not, they seem to be complacent with the fact that he's been kidnapped or. He's with, like, that. they just sort of gloss over that idea as well. Yeah. That this child is missing with, and is living with they, mm-hmm. whoever, whoever that is. That was really messed up, in my opinion. Yeah. And I forget, you don't even really get a welcome home scene, do you? It's all, ex- like, no, he just walks, exterior. walks away. Oh, and he comes fades, in. Right? He comes into the house, and then I think you just hear, You like, hear her Mom say, Josh? And Josh. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in it, to be honest. Yeah, the FAO short scene is still pretty awesome. That was fun. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that is really fun. Yeah, and so, the, the the um the scene in the boardroom when he's like, "Oh, I don't get it. I don't get this toy," and like the guy's getting really mad at him, oh, and he's yeah. like, "No, I still don't get it. It's a building, and then it's a robot. Yeah, it doesn't that, make any sense. <laughs> that toy was crap. That dude should have at yeah. least known. Like, it broke four times when he was just." sitting there like moving the arms there wasn't enough of that yeah there wasn't enough i'm a kid in like i compared it to shazam which i think is Mm. hilarious and because there's a lot of i'm still a teenager stuck inside this you know man's body and all of the funny things that he's realizing he can do i didn't see that you know like even him like going to a bar Something trying to order a drink and then like take a drink and spit it out because it's gross. Yeah. Like little slapsticky things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like needed to be in it. Yeah. To make it more funny. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We ended up we both ranked it uh as a six. Yeah. We agreed that it was just slightly above. It was like a D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not quite failing. It, it but did what you needed there. to to pass, but there were some really big problems yeah. with it. Um yeah. yeah. That's big. <laughs> so our next movie was Charlie Wilson's War, which is an Aaron Sorkin movie. And mm-hmm. for those who do not know, I absolutely adore Aaron Sorkin's work. I love, you know, A Few Good Men. I love Sports Night. I even love Studio 60. Come at me. I do not yes. care. It is great. It is fun. Get off your high horse and enjoy it. Um, The West Wing, obviously one of the greatest uh, television programs of all time for the first four seasons. Aaron Sorkin is fantastic. I did not like this movie. Yes. And I'm surprised because I like to say that Sean has Aaron Sorkin like blinders. That it's Aaron Sorkin and I'll just love it no matter what. Um, But this one we both agreed on. 
it now we we both saw it previously this yeah was... we saw it together shortly after it came out i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love sorkin but i love sorkin for reasons and mm-hmm. those reasons are the musicality of his language and the script which is totally there in this don't mm-hmm. get me wrong i mean beat for beat you know his movies match up with the greatest film scores i think you know just he does, yeah he does the, the rhythm the patter the way people interact and talk is is fantastic but the other thing about his work is that usually it's good people doing, trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doing the best they can, and they're competent. These people in this movie are competent, but knowing what you know, and this is actually breaks my rule of me not knowing things, <laughs> yes. but knowing what you know about what eventually happens with the people that they're aiding. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really like them at all. And yeah. they're pretty greasy and sleazy for they're the most totally. part. Like the very first scene is just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a good look. Just feels very not Sorkin to me. Yeah. Now, there's something to be said, and I've talked to some friends about it, and they're kind of like, you know, it's maybe it's like he swung so far the other way to heighten like the comedy aspect of it. But I don't, of, I don't, of think Charlie that Wilson's war? Yeah. That's not funny. No, to, to make it like a black comedy, you know, oh, more okay. like a like a Death of Stalin or something, okay. you know, like how easy it was for them. And I don't know. I just I can't, you know, work out in my head the these people being good. Mm-hmm. You know, it just I don't uh, it just disappoints me, <laughs> like, the, to be honest. The thing that I thought wasn't Sorkin about it is that normally his films show, you know, we need to do this right thing. And we have to work really hard to get there. And you think, you look at all of the things that stand in the way. Uh, Like if you take A Few Good Men, you know, um, they're trying to prove, you know, that Jack Nicholson was behind all this. And okay, but there's this code and there's this. And we put them on the stand and they they face the morality of it. Um, In this movie, I feel they were like, okay, we see that these people are being oppressed. And we're going to give them guns. I mean, invaded. And, like, well, you know. Yes, yes. And then it was like, okay, I got more funding. Check. Okay, I got people to agree with me on this. Okay, check. Yep, we got them their weapons. Yeah. Check. Then it was like, yeah, oh. Yeah, there's, there's really not a whole lot stopping there's them. There's nothing that stands in their way. I mean, like a vote to get approval for more funding, but that's not even like dramatized in it he yeah, just he like just, calls and he's like yep i got it yeah he just writes it off as like i do a lot of favors yeah. so i have a lot of favors so i called it a lot of favors and they like, said yes and that's what it is and it's just i don't know i yeah i mean philip seymour hoffman is fantastic he's so good obviously he's mm-hmm. philip seymour hoffman yes um tom hanks is great in a very different character for him yeah um julia roberts is julia roberts mm-hmm. with an accent Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just uh, this is definitely, and I haven't seen all of his work. I've yet mm-hmm. to see Malice. I know I'll get on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. But wait, this him is being Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin? Sorkin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was gonna say this is my least favorite Sorkin work. Okay. And yeah. it's funny because the first time I saw it, I remember I was like, "Oh, that's such a good movie." I don't know what happened in the set. Maybe really because I remember yeah. you saying it was boring. No, I'm pretty sure I saw it twice in theaters. Oh, I'm telling okay. you, I think I went and saw it a second time with a friend. And I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to impress you because I know you like. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like Sorkin, so I was like, oh, I liked it too. 
No, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's that was in college, so yeah. I have more knowledge now about mm. the actual things that were going on. Sure. And so maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what score did you give it? I think I gave it a five and a half. Yeah, yeah five and a half. Uh, I gave it a six. Yeah, which is crazy that she ranks it higher than me, or rates it higher than me, rather. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't, maybe I rate it lower because I am more disappointed by it. That's true. You know, like, you broke my heart, Fredo. Yeah. You broke my heart. I know it was you. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. But it is what it is. Mm -hmm. That brought us to Friday, and very fittingly, as the eyes of the nation turned to Philadelphia to see, you know, uh, voting and all that good stuff, we turned our watching eyes to Philadelphia, the movie. And this was the first time you ever saw it, too, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what'd you think? I mean, I loved it. Uh, it was, you know, a story that I didn't know. I sort of generally knew, you know, it was about um, a gay lawyer with AIDS. I knew this movie was a big deal in regards to one of the first movies uh, that used you know, a gay, gay character with AIDS and that it was very big deal for the, you know, LGBTQ community as well as, you know, the AIDS pandemic that was going on. Uh, and it was very enlightening to see how, I mean, I know it's fictionalized in a movie, but how people would respond when they found out that somebody had had HIV or AIDS. I think I was sort of oblivious to the discrimination that went on and the amount, the lack of knowledge. You know, yeah. we, we didn't know a lot of things about the virus, so you can maybe understand why people, like, didn't know how to react. Mm. Um, but, you know, now, since we've been alive, you know, a lot more is known about AIDS and, you know, you're not just going to yeah. catch it from a encounter with someone or shaking hands with someone. Right. But how everyone, like the scene when he goes in to see Denzel Washington and they zoom in on uh, Tom Hanks taking his hat off and putting it on the table and he touches his cigar and Denzel is like watching all of that and yeah. like really uneasy about all the things that he's touching. I thought that was really interesting to get that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Super powerful movie. Uh, just amazing performances all around. Mm-hmm. You, though, had some qualms with the way it was shot. Yeah, it was really, really close up, like, all the time on the on anyone's face that was talking or even just, like, behind a shoulder. It was just like, whoa, can we zoom out, please? I want to see what's going on around these people. And, like, that scene where he's singing along to the opera mm-hmm. and he's kind of dancing, like, his IV thing. Yeah. Like, it was really powerful, but it was all just in his face. And then these, like, red lights started to come in. And I couldn't tell if that was, like, in his head or actually going on. And I feel just, like, the directorial choice there kind of took away from the moment. Like, I wanted to sort of zoom out and see Denzel Washington and him at the same time. Or, you know, sort of the things going on around him. But, yeah, that was my only issue with the movie was... This was so close up. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, back up. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think what they were trying to do is play with the amount of scrutiny that he was under, you know, and how he was constantly being examined and, you know, the focal point 
or at least you know his face and, and the visible signs the of and, yeah, his, things like that um but it, it's it's interesting because it's kind of um you know i think it's jonathan demi directed it who also directed silence of the lambs mm-hmm. so it's kind of using horror tropes Films, yeah as you know this uh you know not to say that having AIDS is a horror but it was treated as but, such yeah to other people to, it was horrific yeah to kind of reflect that um i, I don't know That's i a good point. i kind of agree with you that it's very disorienting but when you you know kind of when you dig deeper and you know read the text mm-hmm. as a you know as a, a way to get the point across i think it, sure. it kind of makes sense but it, it is also kind of it was it was just distracting too to me i think at yeah. one point in the movie i said is this is the zoom lens broken on on this like yes. it's like always close 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 like no zooming out yeah uh, that was you know, it was a little bit distracting for me uh but other than that uh, tom yeah. hanks was i think i would say of the movies we watched so far this was the best you know stand out film for for tom hanks like seeing mm. the range of him, like Forrest Gump, he's great, but yeah. he's sort of playing the same character sure. the whole time, sure, and that's sure. phenomenal. But in this, we see him, you know, as a boyfriend. We see him as someone struggling with health problems. We also see him as a really competent lawyer. Yeah. Um. You know, we see him vulnerable, mm-hmm. and I feel like we just saw a lot of, you know, a lot of Tom Hanks's like ability as an actor. Yeah. In this one. I yeah, would say I it's think I the, agree. I think so far of the ones we've watched, I would say like that one. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for it. He might have even won, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But to me that makes um that makes sense that like that one he would be nominated for. Uh I just thought it was the best one so far. Yeah. And just besides, you know, the message and, and everything, I I love a courtroom drama. Yes. I mean, they're just, when they're done well, they're done, you know, as well as like any action film can like yes. elicit that same objection, adrenaline. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's, it's essentially a fight scene mm-hmm. with laws and, and words. words. And it's uh, sustained, overruled. Okay. Yeah. We, <laughs> we got our general vocabulary down. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just like they're always throwing those out. I wonder what an actual courtroom like looks like if it's yes, if it's I'm that sure it's, often. Yeah, you know, uh, objection sustained, withdrawn. Like so much of that. Like how many times yeah. does that happen in the movie? Like it's a lot. Fair, uh, fair. I thought we were just saying courtroom words. Oh no, adjourned. <laughs> yeah. Order, order. Vladir. <laughs> what? If, all right, we gotta we gotta stop before we go in on a, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yes. Run here. <laughs> Uh, so what'd you give Philadelphia? Oh, I gave it a nine. I too gave it a nine. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, it's a great movie. It, yeah. Just the, that directing part that I was talking about is the only thing that prevented me from giving it a ten. Yeah. All right. So next up, I think probably could be a contender for what you're saying, like Hanks' range and, you know, wonderful performance was The Green Mile. And this was actually the first uh, film on the list, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, that we watched asynchronously. Yes. Oh, yes. In, Very fitting for the times. 2020 asynchronous viewings yes. for uh, Monica and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't watch it at the same time. Our schedule just didn't you know, allow for that. So we watched it. It's also a very long movie. Yes. If, if it had been just like a two-hour movie. But this is, what, three hours and 20 minutes? Three hours, 10. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, we just couldn't get three hours of time on that day that we were both available. Right. Um, so I, I watched this for the first time ever on my own. Oh my god, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is fantastic. Like, I was watching the first, um, I had to actually split it up because it is so long. Uh, but I watched, you know, essentially everything but the last 45 minutes in one sitting. And I, it was like a perfect film. And I honestly would put it, you know, possibly on like my top 10 of greatest movies of all time. It's up until movie. that point. I do have qualms about the ending, but we can get to mm-hmm. that later. I mean, you want to talk about a cast that is assembled of the like some of the great character actors Mm -hmm. like everyone in this role or in this film rather feels like they are in this film and they're not an actor playing somebody um even tom hanks who you know i've had problems with his casting in certain movies um cough cough mr rogers cough cough um (laughs) where you can't get past that it's tom hanks yes but you didn't get that. Tom Hanks was not in this movie. It was Paul. I forget his last name. Uh, yeah, I forget. Um, every performance felt so natural. And you ate Percy. So much. So much. It is, oh my goodness. I only know that actor from um, his small role in Lost. So, like, I can never watch that the same way. <laughs> and it's, uh, oh, he is despicable yeah. in every sense. He is so... So hateable, and his performance is so, so good. It is. It's interesting when you think about sort of the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I, you know, personally, I don't think the death penalty is a thing that we should do. I think we don't play the role of God in murdering people and putting harm on people. But when I see Percy's character, I like, I want him to suffer. <laughs> and it kind of went against my own. You know, as evil as Sam Rockwell's character might be, you know, I'm still like, well, I don't know, should we kill people for those things? You know, I'm not really sure. And with um, Dell and like, meant he clearly has a mental illness, and it sort of like made me question, you know, a lot of our um, justice system mm-hmm. and how we go about things. But Percy, I mean, he technically doesn't do anything illegal that you know of, but I want him to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, obviously that's a testament to the film and how good it is. Um, It's so, it's so well written. It's well acted. I mean, obviously it's based on um, Stephen King King Mm -hmm. and, you know, just, (laughs) oh, I I don't even, I can't, you know. Now this was my second watch of it. I saw it mm, probably in high school uh, for the first time. And I knew it was a Stephen King book based on a Stephen King book. and. I knew it was about an inmate on death row. I did not know it was so fantastical. So mm-hmm. when I watched it the first time, and I think you felt the same way when you watched it this time, when like the flies start yes. to come out of his mouth. It's definitely a turning point in the viewing because you're like, oh, <laughs> this is happening? No. This is a thing? Then I was like, wait, what? This is not just about a inmate on death row there's obviously and then i thought to myself duh stephen king you should have known that there was going to be yeah you but know, some to be fantasy fair, element stephen king also did shawshank and stephen king also did um stand by me true and, you know he he writes he things have, without yeah. fantasy or you know sci-fi elements or whatever you want to classify mm-hmm. them as um but you know speaking of stephen king and the huge knock against Stephen King is that he can't write endings well. Yes. And this is where my problem with the film started. And it's when 
the things that happened in what is it 1935 i think so um the you know those events end and then we cut back to the old man at the you know old folks home um retirement center whatever uh which i had completely forgotten about because it was like eight hours later in the day and yeah. <laughs> you know three hours and later it, in it the doesn't movie. cut back and forth that often no um and in my opinion it doesn't need to at all mm-hmm. you can lift out the entirety of his it you know the old the bookends mm-hmm. lift them out completely and that is a perfect film it's in the still middle. a good movie it is a perfect film in mm-hmm. the middle i don't the whole immortality thing mm-hmm. at the end is just i don't i don't think it's necessary i don't i understand the the paying a price for you know whatever he says uh killing one of god's you know true miracles or whatever that that's fine but they kind of hit you over the head with it and kind of super overly explain it to you you think so i didn't feel that way i well i mean i feel like it had to be you sort of had to explain why michael Clark duncan's character like had these abilities that it had to be something from a god mm. figure and that he has like how can I he don't take the do. pain of others without actually harming himself so that bit of in between mortal and immortal like semi immortal right but need. i don't think then that needs to transfer to tom hanks's character mm-hmm. and they need to like show you the mouse and like to well, me, if it's just like he says, you know, oh, I know the math doesn't add up, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of end it at that. Mm-hmm. And then you have him go back to his room or whatever, and the mouse is there. And you that just cool. do that. That's fine. But no, he like takes her all the way there and he's like, and does super it's immortal. It. And then this like yeah, really fair. old looking mouse <laughs> is there. And like, I'm just sad for the mouse at that point. Cause yeah. like, what quality of life does, does that mouse, mouse have? Yes. You know? Okay. Well, uh, there's also the argument is the mouse dead at the end? But it's because he's breathing. breathing. Yeah. But it, I feel like it stops. Mm, I don't know. I don't think it does. Well, I, I mean, I think there's the element too of like how. If Michael Clark Duncan does have this, like, immortal power, mm-hmm. um, does he have to, like, give it to Tom Hanks in order to die? Mm. Like, that's how I looked at it. It was like, okay, um, I know you, I didn't commit this crime, but I'm ready to go. I'm tired of seeing, you know, all the terrible things that people do, do to each other, and I see this. Yeah. So is it, like, releasing some of that onto Tom Hanks, and that's his punishment? So that he can, because if he is immortal or has an element of that, how does the electric character kill him? But I think that's kind of the point is that man's cruelty can destroy even the most powerful gift. Oh, so, oh, that's a good point. That's deep. Yeah. (laughs) It's deep. So the (laughs) man's cruelness to murder someone. Yeah. For their crimes is what ultimately kills him. Yeah. Oh. Did you just come up with that now? I kind of did. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's I, really astute of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a fair well, that, That's a it. good point. Yeah. Then I guess I could agree with you. We don't really necessarily need it. It would just be cooler if it was like you saw Mr. Bojangles. Jingles. 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 jingles <laughs> just jingles. It's not, not a slightly racist. Uh, you know, uh, just see him at the end. That yeah, would, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, but you know, besides that very minor gripe, 
I gave it a 9.5. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's so Oh, I, my only thing was it was a little long. I do, right. I do think there are some parts that could have um, been. I don't know. Or I, just. There is shortened. not a lot of fat on that bone. Like, it is, and everything that I saw, I wanted to continue. Yeah, eating. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a long time to be. Yeah. And well, like you said, the, if we get rid of the old, you know, retirement home part. Yeah. Like, that's a good 20 minutes. Yeah. Less, so that puts him under three under hours. Under three hours, yeah. So I think, or something. Yeah. Something like that. It's just, it's a little long. Yeah. As far as, like, it's such a good movie, I want to watch it again. Ugh. Like, three hours and yeah. 20 minutes, I don't want to watch it again. We could just make the Married at the Movies cut, and then <laughs> yeah. fast forward through the first 10 minutes or whatever, yeah, and, and the then last, stop it. Okay. After the, that's yeah. a good point. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Ugh. So good, though. Yes, yeah, so good. So good. Now on to not so good. <laughs> Rounding out the week, we watched Volunteers, yeah. which is a movie neither of us had heard of no. until we put together our Thanksgiving list. And uh, it's a very interesting story for those who have never seen it. Uh, Tom Hanks plays a very rich, entitled douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's really no other word no. for it, right? Um, when like he doesn't move the bottom of his jaw, I don't think when he talks in yeah, the first he, half hour of the movie. Yeah, he's definitely. He's just like this, <laughs> and I don't understand it. That quickly goes goes away. By yes. the way. I don't. I don't understand. He drops it like mm-hmm. you know a third of the way through the movie. Um, but he gets uh, what is it? A poker game? No, he bets on Lakers Celtics. Yeah, he he ends up like owing um, yeah, like uh, bookies money. Yeah, so he decides that he's gonna take his roommate's place in um, the Peace Corps, Peace Corps, and fly to Thailand on a whim to escape this dude who's you know gonna break his yeah, I don't know, murder him, whatever. Yeah. Um, and his, by the way, his roommate just gives in to him for like his car and his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, which it's is really also problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, There's a he's, lot. <laughs> he's a womanizer. Like, it's one of the first films I've seen where I don't like Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, he's such a likable, usually he does likable roles. He's a womanizer, kind of a predator in some ways, and just thinks he's like God's gift to women. Um, and it's just a little, a little creepy to see him in that in that role. Yeah, but it's um. I mean, there there are some legitimately laugh out loud lines. There are some really in funny this movie. Things. There's some very very funny parts, mm-hmm. and I loved those parts. Yes. Um, it's just all the other, you know pretty racist overtones yeah there are definitely some other things some asian stereotypes and yeah uh, a lot of heightening of of certain things that was that were not funny yeah but it had i i said i compared it a little bit to um like robin hood men in tights or space balls like sort of the mel brooks like letting you know that you're watching a movie yeah there were some funny elements it gets almost parody at some points Mm -hmm. but it doesn't I feel like it doesn't hold that long enough for you to excuse the rest of the things. No. Um, and yeah. Tom Hanks, his, uh, you know, he's obviously this, like, rich, entitled jerk. So he has, well, he's supposed to have, like, a revelation in that now he's a good guy. But the revelation is, like, nothing. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, so now he's going to do 
but things and he does this i don't want to spoil the ending if you want to watch it after this rave review that yeah. we're giving it but <laughs> he does like this one action and then he is like writing to his parents being like i finally did the right thing and it's really not that oh yeah there's that whole tacked on morality thing yeah. about doing the right thing for the wrong, wrong reasons reason. or the wrong thing for the right reasons yeah and- it's just uh, it didn't yeah. belong in there and and it was not enough to redeem his character at all yeah and to end the way that it did i was like i didn't really want him to end up yeah it does not hold together like he didn't suffer enough to yeah. come to his realization no no it's yeah it's yeah. a problematic film mm-hmm. with a couple of really like truly funny parts yeah but not enough to yeah redeem it uh, I ended up giving it a four. I give it a four point five. Mm-hmm. Give it a little bit more credit, but <laughs> not enough. It's see me after class. <laughs> we need to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's all the movies that we watched this week. It's been a week. It has. I mean, we're a, we're a week into this. Eight films deep now in the Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, this is really fun. It's it's great. I was worried that, you know, watching a movie a day would get a little daunting. Yes. Um, well, what did your sister say we should call this? Oh, uh, clearly we don't have kids because we have free time to watch full movies during the week podcast. Yeah. But see, I think it, it doesn't... Long. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Okay. Uh, so we changed it. Yeah. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now that we're eight movies in, a full week under our belt, plus one. That's what eight is. (laughs) (laughs) We decided to put together our power hankings. And that is power rankings, but with Tom Hanks' name. I think think they get it. Are you catching on, people? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so uh, like we said, we're rating these along the way, you know, giving them a list. So we put together an aggregate score. And uh, Monica, you want to go over the bottom of the list? Yeah. So no surprise, uh, number eight was volunteers. Um, and 8.5, that was the lowest uh, score. The average or combined of our two scores was an 8.5. A little bit above that at 7 was Sleepless in Seattle. Charlie Wilson's War came in at 6. Uh, and then Big came in at 5 with uh, 12 total points. Uh, and then, John, you want to do the top four? Sure. We have Forrest Gump coming in fourth. And then Captain Phillips came in third with 17.5 out of a possible 20. Number two, Philadelphia, with 18 out of 20, and with 19 out of a possible 20, the Green Mile is number one in our power hankings. Yes, and I think our system works because I think this is a great order of the list, like, combined together. Yeah, for sure. It definitely works for me. I'm very interested to see... I would, I would hope that Volunteers stays at the bottom because I don't really want to watch anything that's you know worse than that. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if anything can crack a nineteen and displace the Green Mile yeah. as tops. It it's going to take a lot, but I think people are going to be upset with where Forrest Gump ends up on this list. Like right now, Captain Phillips Phillips is above Forrest Gump. I think yeah. people are going to have a big issue with that. <laughs> ah, you know, people have opinions too. Yes. And we love opinions and we want to hear your opinions. Mm-hmm. So let us know what your power hankings are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be all eight movies that we've watched so far or just Tom Hanks movies in general. All of them. If you want to write us a list of all 43 of his IMDb credits. Wow. Or however many. If you got the time, go for it. Yeah. 
Uh, but drop us a line in the comments on our posts on Instagram. That's at Married Movies Podcast. Or uh, send us an email at MarriedMoviesPodcast at gmail.com. And let us know what you guys think. What do you like, uh, Tom Hanks? What's your favorite Hanks performance? What's your least favorite Hanks performance? Um, do you disagree strongly with something we said? Yeah, tell us why Seapless in Seattle is like a great love story or Please. or why Meg Ryan was a thing. Yeah. So next week's episode, we'll be discussing such classics as You've Got Mail. Oh, sorry, I said that wrong. You've Got Mail. <laughs> I, I, no, he's, not a, quite. he's a robot. Yeah. I'm not going to get there. Sorry. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, The Burbs, and a very, very special viewing oh, yes. of Apollo 13. We cannot wait. Yes, but... Don't tell them. We shouldn't tell them. Okay, now. we're not going to tell you now. We're not going to tell you why, why it's special. It's very, very special. We are going to tell you that uh, I think we're going to try a new segment on next week around Apollo 13. Yes, and that's we are. Going to be our post-credits scene, mm-hmm. in which we actually record uh, our thoughts on the movie directly after it ends, as we drive home. Yes. So where yeah. we have our well, best movie conversation. That's a bit of a clue oh. as to why it might be special. No. But I'm saying in general, that's when we talk about movies the most. Yes. That's is when we're driving home from the theater. Yes, that's when we fight. I mean discuss film and cinema. (laughs) Sometimes we agree. (laughs) Most of the time. We've we've agreed mostly so far. We generally agree. There hasn't been a giant swing either way, and I would have thought that would come with Charlie Wilson's for but Mm -hmm. No, we we generally agree at movies. It's just when we disagree, it's usually a, a big disparity and yeah words are words are thrown (laughs) hold on (laughs) i feel like that's not we not at each other we just you know have very strong opinions on movies and you know we feel passionately about subjects we don't nobody is you know verbal like oh yeah yeah it's never ad hominem attacks no you know besides the (laughs) no you love sorkin so much yeah true which you know is a fact so that's not even you know really that bad but yeah, so <laughs> I think that'll do it for episode two of Married at, at the, the movies. movies. Welcome everybody to Married at the Movies, episode two. This is a test to see if our dishwasher can be heard.